Hey there, and welcome back to Ginger Biz, the podcast. I'm Katie, your host, and today we're going to be talking about the myth of solopreneurship. I'm a ginger who snaps photos, but my real jam is business. Originally from the Pacific Northwest, now kicking it on the East Coast. I'm a successful entrepreneur who wants to share my passion with the world. We will walk through my journey as an entrepreneur while balancing motherhood, a full-time executive role, and living life to its fullest. This podcast will be an educational resource on entrepreneurship, a raw, uncut look at motherhood, and a place for you to find encouragement. Whether you're exploring entrepreneurship, been at it a couple years, are a mother, a full-time employee, or just want a good laugh while learning, put your headphones on because we're diving in. I'm Katie, and I'm so excited to have you here. I am excited to dive into today's topic because I recently did a lot of research on this actually for a school project when I was in school, and so there's just a lot of research to it, and I haven't shared this episode yet, so I'm excited to dive into that today. However, I want to take a moment to pause and say thank you so much for being here. I know that I've been starting out most of my episodes asking you guys to pause and leave a review. It means so much. Our listenership has skyrocketed in the last couple of weeks and last month or so, depending on when this episode goes live. And it's just been really, really amazing. So if you could do me a solid and just stop, drop a five-star review real quick, and then press play so we can dive into the myth of solopreneurship. A couple other updates. We are crazy hard working on content right now. I have been recording so many guest episodes, which I am so excited to share with each and every one of you. But ultimately, I just kind of go in waves with my content creation, especially for this podcast, because it can be semi-time consuming with the research and everything. But the harder part is slowing down when I have a moment of quiet to record. So I had to be very, very intentional with that. So we've been turning away, getting content created and recorded and all the things that go along with that in the back side and getting ready to give you guys some really, really amazing content going into the new year and everything like that. And by going into the new year, the day that I'm recording this, it's actually exactly, I think, six months until Christmas. So it's funny to be thinking about the new year so soon. But honestly, like that's how much content we've been working on so that we can just keep the systems go, go, go. So until those things come out and we're ready to showcase all of those guest episodes, I just wanted to give you a little insight onto what's going on in our world behind the scenes. But now let's dive into the myth of solopreneurship. So I'm guessing that most of you, if not on this show, have heard the term solopreneur. As the definition states, there is this idea around being an entrepreneur that means you have to do everything on your own, the solo part of solopreneur. And your success is governed by the idea that you've single-handedly built your business from the ground up. And if you used resources, then you weren't real and you weren't a real solopreneur and that would rob you of your title of success. And this is so, so crazy, like just mind-boggling, right? So I read this article by Joshua H. Davison. It was published on April 4th, 2023, and it speaks about building a successful business as an entrepreneur. In the article, Davison discusses his stance on going alone. And in the entrepreneurial world, there's that term, the solopreneur. And 
this has been such a trendy phase for so many. Um, Davidson actually dives into the importance of ditching this trend, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And he really just starts by going into the myth of a hyper successful solopreneur. I just thought it was kind of interesting because I've always kind of thought this, but it's funny because like I want to be trendy. I want to be cool. And I want people to think I'm doing this like all on my own. Whoa, pump the brakes. That can't be farther from the truth. Like I've worn it as a badge of honor. There's so much that I do for my business that other people couldn't or wouldn't be doing, right? But it's kind of like that whole side hustle hustle that's like a badge of honor and bragging rights that like, oh, I stayed up till 4 a.m. doing this, that, and the other thing because I'm such a business crazy person. Like, no, we need to ditch that mindset. We need to really dive into why we think that's important and how unhealthy it truly is. So that being said, like maybe maybe you aren't an entrepreneur right now, but you can still take lessons from this and apply them in different parts of your life. Um, an example in my life is that I'm a total control freak. Some people might say, okay, some crazy people might say that. So at work, I often stay late doing a project that I could have delegated or at least leaned on my team for support for. But instead, I find myself working longer hours to do it alone. And like, why? Why would I do that? The answer is for no reason besides the fact that I want to. I've learned over the years that it's so important to delegate to team members, both for my own sanity and for their growth. If I want them to learn their job better and be a support to my role and to grow their skills, then I need to allow them the time and resources to practice and then do. Another area people often find themselves is a similar situation is with like house chores. Maybe your partner doesn't fold the laundry the way you prefer, so you always just prefer to do it yourself. You cannot do it all and you cannot do it all alone. So leaning into your housemates to keep things orderly and clean can be a huge stress relief for you. Divide and conquer. So I've shared this on a couple guest episodes that I've spoken with, one of which was Weddings for Real, the podcast. Tune in if you haven't listened to my episode over there. I think it was episode 250. I'm not 100%. We'll link in the show notes. But I shared some of these facts. There's over 582 million entrepreneurs in the world. Boom. Wow. Wild. 50% of entrepreneurships are home-based. 33% of small businesses start with less than $5,000. 61% of small business owners use personal funds during a financial crisis. And 23.4% of small business startup owners are women. Men are more likely to receive financing to start a business. Those are some great facts. A couple more kind of sort of fun facts to me are 20% of small businesses fail within the first year. 27% of entrepreneurs, the hardest thing is to find talented staff or contractors. Uh, 97% of self-employed professionals say that they would never go back to a traditional employment situation. 54% of self-employed entrepreneurs say they make more money now. And 39% of business owners use cash to start their companies. All of these facts were found on Small Biz Genius, and I think it was really neat because some of them kind of resonate. Like, I find, and I assumed it was just because of my niche, that most startup owners or business owners are women. But that's what I pivot myself. That's what I pride myself on. That's how 
that's who I interact with. Um, so that makes sense to me. But it's interesting because 23% sounds like a lot, but that means like 70 some percent are men. So interesting enough. Anyways, those are just some fun facts that I think really state that like no one should be a solopreneur. Why work 10 times harder and not reap 10 times more rewards? Working harder is not always smarter. The best part about working smarter and not harder is that it can really be applied to all areas of life. So even if you aren't a business owner, maybe you're a corporate gal, maybe you're here because you love the motherhood content, maybe you're just here for the crazy Katie-ness or even some of the HR that I, you know, splash and splish in here a little bit there, here and there. But these can be applied in so many areas of your life. So here are some tips and tricks to set yourself and your business up for success. Lean into systems. Gather data to see where you and your business could use the most systems. So really, really gather that data and review it and reflect on it to see what ways you can come out ahead. Data is a set of observations and possible outcomes. So really, you're just trying to see like, Hey, I observed that we do a lot of work and a lot of time on our guest intake forms. How can we put a system in place to lessen that? How can we make it more of a normal flow that's routine and easy? For research, you'll really want to quant you you'll want quantitative data with numbers to see where you should reinvest your time. So for an example, if you're onboarding a new client and it takes you 120 minutes to get them onboarded. That's 120 minutes you aren't focusing and working on your skill set. So maybe that's art, maybe that's design, maybe that's photography, right? So 120 minutes is two photo sessions for me. I could be doing at least two photo sessions during that time frame. And sometimes I can do a little bit more because if it's a shorter session, my sessions are roughly 45 to 60 minutes. As a designer, you could be working that time and designing a new website or a new stationary suite or whatever the case. So you really want to focus on that. If you set up a system using a CRM and it takes your onboarding time from 120 minutes to 30 minutes, you've just saved yourself so much time, an hour and a half that you can then revisit back or sorry, reinvest back into your business so that you can then potentially onboard four more clients in that original time slate of 120 minutes. Okay. So that's something that I think is so beneficial to systems. For me, it's with my podcast, my intake form and my systems had some flaws in them. So I worked through them and it's 10 times easier now to get a guest onboarded, scheduled and recorded, ready for production and post-processing. Just like that. So much faster. You also need and want to learn outsourcing. Outsourcing can be anything and everything. You just have to see what makes the most sense for you and your business. You can outsource chores, workflows, assignments, blogging, etc. You really can outsource anything. So we outsource some of our chores like house cleaning. We also outsource some of our different administrative tasks, as well as working with a team for our virtual assisting firm to be able to service all of our clients. So we do delegate and outsource a lot, and it's huge, huge, hugely beneficial. If you're a photographer who charges $500 an hour for a photo session, but you spend three hours a week cleaning your house, that's $1,500. You could be just losing straight out the gate. So another great thing about outsourcing is you can hire a professional in that field. So for us, our house cleaner takes like an hour 
Okay. And so then I'm out there being able to continue working or booking sessions or whatever the case. So I'm focusing on my skill set. They're doing it way faster and it's 150 bucks. Super easy. No brainer. As an entrepreneur, as a human, you don't have to be perfect at everything. So this is where you'd hire that professional outsourcing that allows you to focus on the skills that you do have and allows someone else to focus on the skills they have. Okay. Cleaning toilets is not something I put on my resume. So I have someone who's a professional doing that for me. Another example would be something like building a website. You might not be a designer or a web pro- website programmer, so it's going to take you way longer with potentially a worse outcome than if you were just to invest in a professional doing it out the gate, giving you a better product and more time efficiently efficiency. So another way that you can learn to outsource. Delegation, if you have any team members, is also huge. If you have team members, you can lean on them for the art of delegation. It's beautiful. (laughs) Let me tell you, both at work and in my business, delegation is amazing. Delegation would be leaning on an internal support system versus outsourcing, just to be clear. So outsourcing, you're just, you know, you're hiring a house cleaner, you're hiring a blog writer or a ghost writer, or you're hiring like a social media manager, whatever the case, and boom, they're out there. But delegation within your team is saying, hey, I'm behind on emails. Can you jump in and help? So a little bit different there. Now you could technically, I guess, have a house cleaner on your team. Probably not likely. Um, But you could have a social media manager on your team directly. And then they could also catch overflow or other delegations. Just kind of depends on how you do that. Um, But you can delegate things from email responses to administrative tasks to proofreading and graphic design. Really, the possibilities are endless in that way. Just be mindful that if you are hiring a VA, they may not be a skilled professional in that specific area. So like you might have them make graphic flyers or do some graphic design for you, but they're not a graphic designer, right? So just bear that in mind. A couple other things I noticed in Davidson's, he links us to multiple other resources for entrepreneurs, such as like small business administration, which is a great resource and has many different offerings within it for entrepreneurs, such as grants, loans, and networking. Also social media, big resource for entrepreneurs, whether you use it for marketing, networking, mix of both. It's a great way to learn and grow. I am a huge advocate for social media as a networking tool. You've heard me say though before, and I will continue to say it, that for marketing purposes, you definitely want to have that email list. I know it's a hot topic lately and everyone's talking about it, but do you want to have that email list so that you're not only relying on social media to connect with your clients? And that can also be said for your peers and other people that you, you know, your community. But I do believe it is a great resource to build that community and connect with like-minded people. Something to keep in mind when you're learning the art of delegation, outsourcing, and setting up those systems is that it might take some trial and error. Maybe you hire a house cleaner, but they need some structure and support from you to accomplish the tasks that you would like and how you want them to accomplish it. Maybe you've outsourced blogging, but it takes a few tries for them to nail in on your voice. That's totally normal too. Maybe you create a client onboarding system, but it isn't inclusive enough, so you have to tweak it. These things are completely normal and to be expected. Literally with Katie & Co., our virtual assisting firm, which we do have some openings. There's my plug. If you guys need a virtual assistant for like social media management, blog writing, or Pinterest, hit your girl up. 
But even with that, I tell clients that especially for the social media management and TDE targeted daily engagement, we really need to have a three month minimum because it can be a challenge to learn their voice, write those organic captions, write those blogs, whatever the case. And then once we get it, we want to reap those benefits. And honestly, The three-month minimum is because of this exact reason. You're going to hit speed bumps. You're going to have to take trial and error. You're going to have to learn the other person, right? So that's why we have that minimum because we really, really want to make sure that we're serving you and serving you well and that you reap some benefits from the investment that you're making, both the time commitment and the financial standpoint. So totally normal, as I mentioned. Now, the probability of delegation and outsourcing being perfect the first time is really stinking slim. Okay. You might vibe super, super well with somebody and you just hit it off and it's awesome. And that's great. And kudos to you. But again, it's not guaranteed. It's definitely just like a deal with chance and you have to kind of roll with it until you're able to cultivate that relationship where they can be an extension of you. But just, you know, stay the course, stick with it. It's going to be worth it. After collecting all the data and weighing the options of how to go about getting your support in your business, like systems and outsourcing and delegation, you will want to start exploring techniques for further data analysis. And it might take a couple different tries. You might have to run a couple different reports to figure this out and also just some different, um, I guess, time audits, if you will. But then you're going to be able to use predictive analysis to really dive into future trends. So you'll be able to forecast and proactively see what you're going to need, right? So you might see that every fall you're just swamped with daily photo sessions and you can't maintain regularity in other areas of your business. So maybe during that season you need to outsource certain things, whatever the case Basically, you just want to build off of that. I know I am always collecting data, analyzing it, and repositioning myself to get the most out of outsourcing and those systems and delegation. I definitely plan to move forward with outsourcing meals in the near term uh, just to ensure that we're eating more healthy but not slaving away in the kitchen because your girl doesn't like to cook. And even if I do like it, it's so inconsistent and it's probably not that great, so meal services is going to be on our list. I know that I continue to add work to my life by adding new team members and systems that really support our departments and our growth while allowing us to just continue to change and engage while at work. It's super, super helpful. In my business, I'm always networking and leaning into resources to learn more, to grow, and to better my business. So, so much to take away from today's episode and so many different things to keep in mind when, you know, when you're thinking of solopreneurship and why it's just a trendy word and not a badge of honor. Because ultimately, I believe that all of us are collaborating and seeking support, even if we could be categorized as solopreneurs, right? Because like for me, I have a house cleaner. So maybe she's not helping me with my business, but I am getting help with my house and I am getting support from my husband, even though he's not the voice of this podcast. There's just so many things to really keep in mind and not even to mention the emotional and mental support that we receive as, you know, entrepreneurs that I'm just not sure that anyone really truthfully is a solopreneur, right? Because there's just so many other areas that we could be getting that help from. And if you identify as a solopreneur and you've worn that badge, 
dude, I hear you. I've worn it too. I totally, totally get it. But I think we also have to take a pause and say, I want to give credit where credit's due. Like I'm not doing it all alone. And even when it feels like we are, that's okay. That doesn't mean your feelings are invalid, but just try to reposition that mindset. I know as a mother, there are times when I feel like I'm in it alone. I have an amazingly supportive partner who is the best father for our child that I could have ever asked for. And there are still days that I'm like, wow, I'm doing this alone. Like I'm alone in this and I'm not, it's a feeling and that feeling is valid. But then I have to recirculate, rechange my mindset and remind myself like, Hey, I've got support. I'm not solo parenting right now. So Just something to keep in mind and really applicable to all areas of our life, right? So you can apply it to parenthood, marriage, work, whatever, you know, there's so much to apply it to and take these tips and put them in different areas of your life so that you can continue to grow and be successful both personally and professionally. So Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, if you're anything like me and you're too excited to listen to the episode, press pause now and go drop us a five-star review. We greatly appreciate it. And guys, until next time, keep on diving in. 